thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate your time. Uh, I, I had some questions that are already written out, but you know, we can kind of just start with like the basics. Like, tell us who you are. Tell us your background. Tell us. Sure. How did you? You know, what was what was the early life like? Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Um, sit down with you, and I'm, it's awesome to see your shop here. Thanks. Everything. Learn some more about you too. Um, so uh, early days. Um, I'll start from the the beginning quickly. Um, Really, in sixth grade, I had a teacher give a side class on HTML, so website uh, code. Um, very basic stuff. HTML got me interested in websites and building you know, websites, stuff like that. It was never offered again. I didn't really have access to, to really good computers and stuff like that back then. And from there on, we didn't really hear anything else about it. But I started making websites for you know, hobbies or interest and stuff like that, just kind of on the side and kind of got into it. And then I kind of used it to my advantage in high school for projects and classes that I usually struggled with. I would get, you know, 105s and extra credit and all this stuff because I'd make websites to go along with it. And so that was my first, you know, aha moment that, you know, I can use websites to my advantage. And that's kind of how it started for me. It was really a websites and design. And um, from there, I did go into the corporate world um, for a little bit of time until I kind of clicked to say, hey, wait a minute, there's something else I can do here. This web design, something, you know, something to it. And, you know, I got my first kind of paid side gig. And that's kind of what, you know, really clicked. It's like, wait a minute, I can, maybe I can do this for a living. You know, maybe I can do this for a living. So, um, you know, that's what kind of got me going. Yeah. Um, what were some of your like earliest marketing memories? Like, I know websites yeah. are one thing, and then kind of <laughs> yeah. marketing a website or marketing a, an idea is kind of something else. To, like, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I thought back, I was like the first real marketing thing that sticks out to me. Of course, websites is one thing, but that quickly led into SEO, so search is not optimization, and that's still a huge thing today. It was a big thing ten years ago. And I th my first experience was with a, a brand here locally that's actually very, very large brand now. It's uh, American Mechanical. They're probably between 20 and $40 million HVAC company now. When I first worked with them, I worked out of my house. I built their first website. They never had one. So I built their first website and then started doing SEO to get them up in the ranks. Mm. And... That was an awesome experience because I got to see them go from uh, no presence to dominating it, and I kind of helped them get there. Can and they actually told down? me, like, sorry, I, I'm curious about SEO. Yeah, no can problem. You, can you break down what for our listeners? What is SEO like, and why is it important? Yes. Yeah, okay. So uh, SEO stands for search engine optimization, and it basically is a way to utilize Google. And, of course, you can look at other browsers as well and other search engines, but Google's just got the market. So it's a way that you know, Google's indexing your website and your, your map listings as well. So, like, your Google My Business listing, all that stuff, it all comes into play. But it's a way that Google's going to index and look at your site to where you're in the top listings. So you want to be on the first page. If you're not, you don't, you don't really exist. And so it all goes through a lot of things. It's your website, how it's built, how it's coded, how fast it runs, the user experience, 
uh, it goes into you know tagging and back-end technical things keywords your content how that's written how long it is interlinking external links there's there's so many things that go it's into play technical it sounds very technical to me it, it can be very technical <laughs> and i think um so when i think it, seo i'm like my mind i, I just <laughs> well it's also it's a very tough game it's it's hard to know what's going to happen what's going to what's going to work what's going what's not going to work yeah and then measuring that and and getting better at it and then google will make a change and then you're penalized because of something you did or didn't do uh, or you're rewarded all of a sudden, boom, now you go up in the ranks and you don't know why. So it's, it's a lot of education, it's a lot of reading, it's a lot of watching the analytics and the data, and then making the right decisions to hopefully you know, increase that. Once you get there, a lot of people rely on those results, and if they do something wrong, or they hire a company that doesn't know what they're doing, they can go out of business because they lose those leads that they were used to getting. And so it takes I, time, it, right? It takes a lot of time. Got it. Yeah, if anyone signs you up and says, you know, we're going to get you number one guaranteed next week, next month, um, it's just not possible. You can't pay for it. Google is not being paid for it. It's, it's got to be done organically. Uh, not to say you can't get results quickly. It just really depends on what you're doing. If you're in a very competitive space, you're not going to just, you know, overnight be number one. Yeah. And so it's just constantly, there's tactics and there's these articles and there's influencers out there in the space uh, that you just have to constantly watch. So it's, it's just an ongoing effort and it takes a lot of time and money to really you know, accelerate at, at doing it. So. And, you know, fast forward, um, so you, you worked in corporate America for a little bit and you decided you wanted to start a business. That was an easy transition and away you go. <laughs> no, I'm it sounds easy, how, right? How, um, how, how did that happen? How did you kind of start? So yeah, I was in a corporate environment at an engineering firm. Um, again, I kind of did websites as for fun and on the side and I continued to do design and I actually had an art scholarship. So I was really into drawing and painting and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But again, from corporate, I just separated that saying, you know, this is my job and this, this is my hobby. And what really got my interest was I got out of the office and met other people and then started to meet entrepreneurs and just got the bug. I just got excited about it. How were you meeting entrepreneurs and just people? Like, were you going to networking <laughs> events or were you just cold emailing the entrepreneur like, hey, I want to pick your brain? <clears throat> yeah, actually, I joined a group. Well, I, I visited a group <clears throat> called the Technology Council, which is now Hampton Roads Innovation Collaborative, which I'm the member or the marketing chair of. Um, I, I, I don't remember how I got involved, but I went out to one of their meetings and they just kind of welcomed me in. Hey, come back. Uh, we have a board meeting tomorrow. Come to that. You're not a member, but that's okay. And so that group is just full of entrepreneurs and technical people and uh, a lot of high-end people at like Cox Communications and CIOs and stuff like that. So just people that I wasn't used to hanging out with. And I was just like, I want more of this and I'm going to be around these people. Mm -hmm. And that kind of led to me getting leads to where I could do work. To where I made enough money to quit my job. That's awesome. And so, just putting yourself story. out there and, and networking, and meeting people that, that inspire you, I think is you know they can make you change everything you're doing. And once I kind of had the bug, it was like, okay, I'm out of here as fast as I can. I I kind of checked out. I told my my boss, you know, that I was, you know, I didn't want to go too far with not producing work, and 
Um, and they could see the change too. So they were like, yeah, we see a change in you and you're not as productive. And, and you know, I was just, I was done. I, I just couldn't focus on anything else but starting this business. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was it. Yep. And, you know, I think it's an interesting time for that. At least for me, I mean, I worked corporate America for seven years and been doing this three years. It seems like there's like a first year or... I don't know, maybe those first like 90 days, like once you actually kind of, you know, jump, <laughs> jump ship, jump yeah. in the water, it's like, all right. Um, <clears throat> I need more life jackets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're, you're staying busy. Do you remember like kind of what, you, like how did you organize yourself and how's that compared to how you're organized now, like with your time, with sure. you know, planning for clients? Like how does that look for you? Yeah, so there's definitely a big difference there. So when I first started, it was just nonstop work. I had no kids. I wasn't, you know, I was with my wife but we weren't married yet <clears throat> but I just had all the time I wanted so I would work late I'd work you know every hour that I could but it was required to pay bills um, so and it was just so exciting that you just didn't want to stop anyway yep. so really but my time management has never been great <laughs> and back then it was probably terrible I just did anything anyone asked me any client asked me we would do it and I would do it um, versus today it's all about time management. I got family, I got kids. Um, you know, you gotta get your stuff done, but it's definitely shifted towards, okay, here's my four hours that I'm working. I definitely get up early. I, I used to be a late night person. Mm-hmm. Because of my background in website development and design, you know, you're a night owl, you work late. Yeah. Well, about two years ago, I switched to 5 a.m. So I get up 5 a.m. I get up, it's quiet, I get tasks done, I go to the gym, and I do so much before 9 o'clock that most people are just getting up or just getting to the office. I've already accomplished everything I need to, emailed everyone, touched base with everybody, and then now I have the rest of the day to do things like this or talk with clients or talk with the team. Um, And the reality is the core hours of the day, um, I'm not getting a ton of real work done. It's, It's really difficult. Uh, because the team's always, you know, asking questions you're or reacting, <clears throat> you're reacting to, you know, inbound emails and questions from Absolutely. the team. Got it. Yeah, but at least I know that in the morning I've gotten caught up and I got a certain amount of uh, accomplished. Yeah, you control um, it. And then on the other side <clears throat> is me and Eric, my business partner. We spend a lot of time with process and documentation and and things to where, you know, at five o'clock, you know, even the team can go home and be done. Where we used to just work all night. Mm. Now, of course, we have support, and we support a lot of clients, uh, so there's things that have to happen sometimes on the weekends or at night, and any of us will step in to help out, um, but our time is well more, you know, way more managed than it used to be. How did you meet your business partner? Um, I met Eric at an entrepreneur's organization event. Um, before uh, we were able to be members of the group, we were strategic alliance partners, so basically you can pay to be a sponsor or do something of in kind. So we built the website for EO ah. and we hosted it and they basically said, okay, we're gonna let you be a, a sponsor or a alliance partner. And so I just, you know, used it to its full advantage to meet members, to get work, and then, you know, all the learning opportunities that they offer. <clears throat> so I met uh, Eric at one of those um, events. He was also an SAP. So they call him a strategic alliance partner or SAP. So he was under a million, I was under a million. We were just there as SAPs, and uh, we just met at a, 
you know, an, an event that he had. That's awesome. Shortly after that, I had a big uh, client of mine have a need for a project that we couldn't handle on our own. Eric owned a software company. So basically, I pinged Eric and said, hey, I need help. <clears throat> Would you be look, willing to look at this job? It requires software that's out of my scope of you know, capability. And uh, he took a look at it, and uh, we signed a deal with a client, and then we kind of started working together as two separate companies. That led to another project, another project, and we eventually just discussed uh, merging the two companies. He, does, he lacked the design side, and I lacked the software side, so <clears throat> we merged um, about a year or two later and uh, started Ray Digital. So Ray Digital... Yeah, I was going to ask you, tell, us about, tell us about Ray Digital. <laughs> tell, tell us the, the company, what do you guys do, what type of services do you provide? Sure, so Ray Digital is an uh, award-winning digital marketing agency, um, and we focus on the four pillars, or what we call the four pillars of digital marketing. Now, each pillar can have a ton of other services and things that you can put in there, but, but we cover the four things, which are websites. So we design and develop high-performing websites, which we fully manage. Um, the other part is SEO, so search engine optimization and content marketing. Then you have organic social media. So <clears throat> we design, create post content for clients on any kind of social platform and engage, you know, engage what we call a community engagement, I guess. And then there's the highly targeted online advertising. Now that could be on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Google as well, so we're Google partners, uh, Google ads, display network, you name it, we can get in front of people. Um, so if we, what we really do is take a holistic approach around those four pillars. How do we use all four of these things at their best, and how's, how does one you know, multiply the next one. And if you do that right with the right strategy, all things should be working and, and performing better. So right. that's kind of the approach we take. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, <clears throat> webs, websites, SEO, organic, and paid. Yep. Um, so I guess jumping around a little bit, um, I'm, you said a couple things, and I've got a bunch of questions. Um, <laughs> Bring them on. Yeah, so I guess... Oh, Google. Yeah. How did you, what's the process like becoming a Google partner? Is that like, is that similar to getting a degree almost? Like you have to learn um, a lot? It's, or is it... it's actually not as easy as you think. So okay. um, it takes, I think, I think it takes about a year. Okay. And what you do is you have to have an account with, you know, whatever account that you have under the business name. So whenever that account started, you have about a year or so that they evaluate that account. So for one, I think you have to spend $10,000 a month in advertising through Google Ads yep. for three months going. That's a, that's a good uh, like floor to be like, if you're not doing this. Yeah, you so if you're a, a company that doesn't have a spend of more than that. So first off, you have to have enough clients that are going to spend that much. Now we have single clients that spend more than that. But oh, I believe it. Back when we started to get this, we didn't have a lot of clients that we spent money on. That's your first thing. The second thing is that you have to keep them a certain amount of time. So if we had Attention. clients drop off, then that goes again. You can lose your partnership. And then the other big thing is um, conversion. So if your ads are not performing and you're not getting leads and conversion for your clients, you also won't qualify. Mm. So you can't just spend ten grand. I can't just take thirty grand from the bank, 
spend it all and then go, okay, I'm, I'm a partner. It, it's all about the retention of the clients and it's also about um, how well that money was used and that you got a good return for your customer. So it's, it means way more than just a logo, that's for sure. And on the other side, there's also another part is um, um, you have to have a certain amount of certifications within your staff. So my staff has to have a certain amount of Google certifications on record with our company for us to actually keep our partnership. So like Jake Mains, he's got his uh, AdWord certification. I have my digital sales certification, which you know, uh, is sales related, but it's basically we know how to sell and, and offer Google products. Yep. Um, and I think we have you know, five or six like, individual certifications. So those have to be maintained every year. And so if not, we'll drop off and Google will say, hey, uh, you're in risk of you know, losing your partnership you know, if these aren't met. So it's actually a lot of work and it's a continued process. <laughs> so, no, that's yeah. good insights. So um, something else that I know you do, Kevin, that's really interesting is the podcast. How's that, you know, like, how did that come about for you? I know you're like hundreds of episodes in. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we have a daily <laughs> podcast called Journey to 100 Million. And it kind of started with, um, well, the, the whole push in voice technology and the smart speakers. My business partner is big into voice and went to the Alexa conference in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Hmm. And, you know, there's all of these, I mean, the data is crazy, like the smart speaker took faster than smartphones and it's you know everyone's got one that's in your truck your car whatever so with the rise of that we looked at the you know the opportunity to do a podcast or a flash briefing and so we wanted to make sure it could be a flash briefing so back up a little bit I gave a talk at 1 million cups and it was basically like since our company was new but you know, I'm not new to business, but it was kind of a new brand. I asked them, hey, can I come and talk? I haven't been there in a while. They said, yeah, you can present, you know, Array Digital. So it was kind of weird to pitch us as a company startup because we, we, you know, we were making money and we had good revenue. But we are a new idea and a new brand. And so they let me pitch. And I said, well, I need to pitch. I want to pitch where we're going and basically see if I get any feedback. And I had to call the talk something. And I called it on a whim journey to 100 million because we had just kind of set a goal for ourselves that in 2030 we want to hit 100 million in reoccurring revenue so every year we're going to make 100 million dollars and so that was kind of aggressive and people were like that's crazy and and it kind of got attention and so i did the talk and eric was kind of back at the office uh next couple weeks over the holidays was like i want to do this podcast a flash briefing and what are we going to call it and I said, you know, what if we did it together and we could do an episode every day rotating? And the name of my talk was Journey to 100 Million, and that just kind of, boom, let's use that. And so now we record and have an episode every single day, about five minutes, so it's really easy content. And it's really us sharing day-to-day -day business tactics and tips and tricks or failures on what we're doing in our business. It could be team-related, culture uh, it's not usually marketing related, so it's not really related to what we do as a business. It's more, you know, you know, business to business. It should relate to anyone that's starting a company. Um, and we, you know, every once in a while, I'll give sales updates. Hey, you know, our goal is this year was 1.8 million. 
and we actually exceeded that. We're probably 2.2 million. Um, but I'll go give an update. Hey, guys, you know, we're, we've hit over 2 million. Uh, our goal for next year is 4 million. Um, and we kind of track that uh, because it's the journey to 100 million. So we, we want to come out. Now, if we have a big decrease and we fall behind, then we have to also come out and say, you know, we're falling behind. We're not on, we're not on track. So it's been really fun. And uh, you would think it's hard to do a daily podcast to have content. But every day when I write my notes in the morning for my journal, uh, which we have a daily huddle, I have fresh content almost every day. Mm-hmm. Something happens, a client's mad, you know, the team was mad, you know, whatever happens, there's something to talk about. And so uh, it's just trying to capture that and, and document that. So, um, I'm switching back because I had a question about Oh, yeah, let's, let's mix it up. Um, <laughs> how, do you, how do you or how does a client make the most of organic content? Sure. So for us, um, it's really about distribution and then repurposing. So two things, so distribution and repurposing. So for one, if you put together what we like to call a pillar piece of content, so that'd be maybe a video of me and you sitting here interviewing. Yep. Well, that's a pillar piece, right? It's a a high produced piece that's long. Um, You could also do an article as a pillar piece of content, a really long article that you put out in the pilot inside business and then you put it on your website. Well, take that piece of pillar content and now you can slice that down into many pieces of content. So say an article, you take each heading of each section and that's a single graphic social media post and you just, you break it up into pieces. Mm, I like and then of course you can link to the full article in each one of those and say, hey, uh, you know, tip of the day and it's just a heading from that, or a quote from the article. And be like, hey, this is, uh, you know, Oh, I love that, Hamilton. That's awesome. Oh, actually, I wrote an article. Here's the link if you want to like read the whole thing. But you can spread that over weeks. And then also you can make a video about the article that you can put on YouTube where you're basically just die, re-died, you know, regurgitating the, art, the, uh, the article. And then you can make all these pieces. You can do audiograms, audio files. That could be a podcast from the video. Um, it's, just, it's stories, Instagram. I mean, there's so many things you can do from that one piece. So make a pillar piece that you might spend time on, a couple hours, and then now slice that up into these mini pieces that can be content for weeks that take you just seconds to spin off. When do you know when to use paid media for your business? Or when do you suggest or recommend a client kind of start, you know? Paying for Paying for it, yep. So obviously budget is a concern. If you don't have any budget, organic is, you know, the only thing you can do. It's your best friend. Um, obviously, being, you know, guerrilla marketing or having events here at your space or whatever it has to do, <clears throat> whatever you got to do to make some noise. And actually, the, most of the stuff that we do that, that makes noise and people say, hey, we've heard about you, we're not, we don't really do paid advertising. We do a small amount, uh, even for ourselves. But we've done things that get people to go, hey, we've heard about you. You're making noise. We, we see you guys everywhere. And it's all mostly organic. Yep. When I say to do paid is if you have the budget and you're looking for leads like today, that's hard to do with organic. You know, I can make noise. I can make impact. And it's going to take time for people to go, hey, uh, we want to talk. Or, you know, I got referred to you. And that's, that's huge for us. But if I want leads right now, you know, I have to be there when people are looking. So you've got to go to Google Ads. 
or be ranked number one on SEO. If you can't be ranked number one, you have to supplement that with ads. Um, so when I say intent, that means I need a plumber. So I'm looking for a plumbing company. Well, there's a pretty good chance that I'm gonna hire a plumbing company either right today because I have a problem, or this week I'm gonna hire one because you know, I'm looking for it. So if I can be there in that space, then I have a chance to make that sale. Just like your bags, if I search for uh, recycled uh, you know, uh, clothing apparel or whatever, does your ad come up in Google Shopping or not? If it does, you know, people go, oh, let me check this out, you got a chance. So I, I really is just, it, it comes down to budget though. There's also, if you don't have, say, for is there each, a minimum, each, do you think? Each or? platform, we recommend a minimum. Because if not, it's just a waste of your money. Yeah. What are those minimums in your eyes for <laughs> e-commerce right now? I know that's so nuanced. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, for us, it's a little different. I'd have to re remove Array Digital from it because we charge a minimum fee. That's fine. Where it doesn't make sense for us to manage it for you and get any bang for your buck. If I remove myself and our company out of it, you know, if you're talking about like Facebook and Instagram basic stuff like boosting... I mean, it could be $20 a week to boost post. It's going to increase your reach. It's not going to really gain you sales. It's going to gain your exposure and likes and stuff like that. If you're trying to do targeted advertising, I would say on Facebook or something like that, at least 500 bucks a month Yeah, that you'd want to spend. Google, we usually recommend 1000 to $2,000 minimum. Yep. Uh, but again, that can depend on your space. If you're like a, uh, if you're an injury law firm, well, that's not going to do anything for you. You need ten thousand, twenty thousand, mm -hmm. because the clicks can be one hundred and eighty dollars a click for those guys. Because we have we have those clients. So many people bidding on the same keywords. Yeah, absolutely. So driving it up. It, it really depends on what industry you're in, <clears throat> and you know, using Google Keyword Planner, you can actually run your own scenarios, and you can see cost per click. You can see the search inventory, and then you can kind of get a sense for, okay, if I spend a hundred dollars, what am I going to get? Is it worth it? Um, so it's, it's really an evaluation. And we usually do that for free for companies. We come in and do a full review and we'll show them, hey, here's the search inventory in the market. And here's how much you'd have to spend to get X percent. And they can decide from there if that's a good, you know, spend the, you know, use their money or not. And we'll, we'll recommend it too. Hey, there's huge potential right now. You could crush it. Your competition's not doing anything. Or it's the other way around. It's very limited. There's not much search, and we don't think you're going to get a return on your investment. And we don't want to do that for you. So, you know, consider not doing this. Let's look at something else. What is um, what's like the most interesting like channel right now? Like a lot of people talk about Instagram. People talking about audio, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, oh, yeah. YouTube, <clears throat> Twitter. <laughs> Snapchat. There's a lot maybe, of stuff out there. Maybe some Reddit, you know, maybe some forums, Facebook groups. I mean, what's, what's the best uh, organic or most interesting organic channels right now? And how do, you, how do you take advantage of them? Yeah, so for us personally, um, Twitter and LinkedIn is where we're doing the best. For our clients, we use a ton of channels. But they're, they're kind of limited. It's kind of, I would say it's not as exciting. Most of our clients, it's limited to Facebook, maybe Instagram. Depends on the industry they're in. 
<clears throat> and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have any clients that really we do anything for Twitter for. It just is. It's more of a person's voice, and it's hard for a company of a small regional size to to get a lot of uh, ground there. Um, LinkedIn, where you know B two B is the best place to be. That's where I, I do a lot of my uh, posting and, and get a lot of my attention. Um, our, if, if it's a client like a B2C company, Facebook is and Instagram are still the best places to be. Nothing exciting though, uh, I would say from that side, we are doing stories and, and doing the Facebook Live and Instagram Live and we're utilizing that stuff. Actually my company, we're, we go live every Friday um, on all those platforms and we just talk about marketing and just sit there at, in the office and just live stream. TikTok though, I would say is the most exciting organic right now. We don't have any clients that we're applying it for. We are looking at two clients right now that we're looking to use it for. One is Funville, so it's like a um, Funville Playgrounds. Mm, that makes sense, young audience. Uh, we have Video Game Heavens, a client of ours. Um, so there, we have some clients that it may work for. We've used it for ourselves, and we've actually had crazy results. Like, you know, just, if you're looking at like a Facebook or like a, a LinkedIn post that I would do, the amount of views that uh, TikTok is just like ridiculous. It's it's kind of like a, uh, it's a unlimited place right now. They don't have algorithms. So you can get 100,000, 400,000 views off a stupid little video and, and then do another one and get like, you know, 200 views. And like, it's just the wild, wild west right now. So I would say if you haven't used TikTok, check it out because if you could do something with your brand or your company that's fun, um, you could get millions of views just uncapped. And I assume it's going to start to get regulated some, somehow and things will change up. But right now, that's the place to be. Cool. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about some of the events? I know you guys host events. What do those look like? How do yeah. they, uh, you know, what, what should people expect when they get there? That kind of thing. Yeah, so we, um, another part of our, you know, uh, organic and, and making noise in the area is we host uh, a marketing meetup every month called Marketers Anonymous. And we get about, I'd say 35 to sometimes 60 people coming out to those. We hold them at Waterside in Norfolk. And we invite marketers in to talk about marketing tactics, things that, you know, like I'm talking about here. So, and we, you know, we've had competitors, we have agencies in the room, it's not just us, you know. Um, we open it up to anyone that's in marketing. And we also bring in business owners and entrepreneurs that have, you know, been in the front lines of growing their business and what they did and tactics that work for them. It's, so it's a really cool community. It's a free event. And that's grown. I think we have three or 400 members. And it's a, it's a non-paid. It's not like a, um, an AMA. It's, it's not a membership type of thing. So this organically grown. And now we've actually spun that into what we call the state of digital marketing, which we're going to host in February. And that's going to be a 200-person event where we basically come out with the five biggest trends that'll affect your business for 2020. And basically all the data that we're collecting right now, we're, we're getting all that prepared to say, hey, these are the five biggest things that you should be looking at if you have a business and, and how they can affect your business. Um, and so really we want to just, the events help us put a stamp on, we own this market. Digital marketing wise, the Red Digital is here and we're gonna, you know, we're just going to take it. And, um, and that's kind of fun to do. It's, uh, it might not sit well with everybody, but that's 
the events have really allowed us to kind of say, hey, this is, this is us. Love and it. So uh, if you have something like that in an industry niche, I would you know, consider um, doing the same thing. What are like some of the biggest takeaways for 2019? I know we're getting ready to turn the page over on the year. Um, yeah. <clears throat> what kind of like, uh, I mean, anything, I think for us this year, we really like, we saw the power of Instagram this year. We really learned a lot there. Um, that worked out good like, for yeah, you guys? Yeah, it worked out really well. We also learned a lot about brick and mortar this year too. So we learned <laughs> about events. We learned about audio, but I feel like the learnings on the audio is definitely on the early side but you know I don't know I'm curious you see a lot of companies clients like anything that maybe you didn't expect or things you you just didn't have a thought going into like I don't know I didn't know that events would really be such a you know such a thing to do but uh yeah I mean it's a little more grassroots and kind of on the ground but events have been huge for us this year um a couple of things I would say we started off the year, you know, gun ho ready to go, and um, we had a lot of great sales come in early in the year. Um, but the unexpected was we lost a ton of revenue at the same time because we lost some clients that we had just signed because of some some issues with onboarding and some things that um, we sprung into action. We do things called lessons learned, so we. We figure out what's wrong. We, we sit the whole team down and we discuss and we fix those problems. So we, we fix a ton of communication problems. And that has led to losing no clients the rest of the year. Like we, we fix a lot of problems that, you know, as we grew, we just, they kind of came upon us. So that was a huge thing for us. And we fixed those things. And that was a lot of lessons learned. And that's allowed us to kind of grow the rest of the year to where we're at. Um, so that was a huge thing for us. The other thing was, you know, we had our first sales. We hired our first salesperson, and we were kind of exciting. <laughs> we were ex- concerned, excited, and we weren't sure what to expect. Uh, that's been great. Um, Glenn has been uh, crushing it way beyond our expectations. Um, he'll probably be he'll be clubbing up on a million in reoccurring revenue sales, for, and he's only been with us for eight months or so. Jeez. So. How'd you find Glenn? <laughs> he actually worked at Wavy, um, ah. and um, I think they, they lost a good person there. But um, <laughs> So that was kind of you know, a learning experience as well. And then now transitioning from, you know, I was going to like all the meetings with him and being side by side, and then now saying, okay, let's, let's fan back out because we want to keep growing. You know, Eric and me and him all can be selling, and now we're looking to hire another salesperson this year. So getting into sales and, and, and having someone come in and do that for us was a whole new learning experience. We had to get a lot of material together. We had to have processes for it. Because um, just me and Eric, we can go sell and it's easy. And yeah. we don't have to document all this stuff. Now we have to track and document. And, and so that's been a big thing for us. Um, and then, you know, uh, you know, setting goals and, and then pushing them. You know, we, we kept setting goals, hitting them and pushing them. And uh, I think that's how we were able to, you know, by losing, we lost like twenty some thousand dollars in like the first quarter. Like it was like a hard hit, and we still came back and blew away our our revenue goal. Um, so you know, that was a huge experience for us. And uh, and then not getting too excited about hitting that, and then now we're setting goals for next year to be like, okay, let's push it even more. You know, what um, 
do you have any mentors or uh, <clears throat> you go to someone that's, <laughs> you know, you can bounce ideas off of or you just kind of figure it out? Yeah, honestly, I don't have any, like, set mentors and that I, I spend time with every month on a consistent basis. And <clears throat> I really wish I had or put forth some effort to, to do that. I have a lot of people that I, I look up to and I rely on, and my business partner being one of them, Eric, um, you know, he has got his crap together. He's and he works, you know, he's at EO too, so he brings on he brings home a lot of knowledge to the office. But EO entrepreneur. Eric keeps me motivated. He's um, you know constantly trying to get better, constantly learning. Um, so me and him sit down all the time and we make the decisions of the business. But outside of that, it's really just. Um, Zach Miller, actually, we, uh, we do have Zach and I'm sorry, Zach, that I didn't think about that at the beginning <laughs> when you're hearing this, but, uh, we actually, we actually have, we engage with Zach on a monthly basis and Zach brings in a, a just a different set of eyes, a different perspective and kind of smacks us around a little bit. When we say, Hey, we're going to do this, uh, state of digital marketing, you know, we mentioned it. And then the next month he's like, all right, what are you guys doing that? How big is it going to be? We want it to be, it's got to be huge. It's got to be this. It's got to be that. And have you guys started it yet? And have you planned it yet? And so he kind of pushes us to, to like, hey, you said you guys were going to do these things. I'm here to, to push you to do them. And so Zach, Zach's been huge for that. And uh, he just, you know, he always pushes a little bit. Hey, you guys said this. Why don't you push it for this? And, you know, why go small when, you know, when you go big? So that's great. So that's been huge for us is having Zach in. And he meets with three of us every month. Uh, actually, my whole management team, so four of us. Um, Zach spends an hour with a, you know, so four hours a month we, we have Zach in. Sometimes having that outside kind of, not necessarily coaching, but just outside opinion sometimes can just be refreshing. Oh, absolutely. probably just thinking, you're it's, thinking about the same problem you're trying to solve. Someone comes with a fresh perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's just, um, yeah, it's not like it's, we're sitting down and doing coursework or, you know, coaching in that sense. It's Zach listening, and then Zach saying, hey, what about this? You should do this, and it, that's worth this weight in gold right there, just having that perspective. And, and Zach's done a lot of amazing things and wrote his book, and you know, he's been out there. So um, even if he hasn't done exactly what we have done, he can still bring some perspective and his thoughts, and that, that helps. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, where can listeners find you? Where, do you, uh, where would you want to be followed? <laughs> So for me, I think LinkedIn is just, I, I, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook and all these things. Insta, or LinkedIn is really, for one, it makes sense because that's where our potential client is. But that's been the biggest growth for me. Um, I think I'm almost around 13,000 followers or something like that. And my posts get way more traction, more views. And so it's just hard to kind of like switch off that and go to it and try to do Instagram all day. Um, so I would say LinkedIn is the best place to find me. Yeah. That's where I'm going to respond the most. I think that's where me and you oh, yeah. start the conversation we'll here. We'll link that up in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, so if you just look for Kevin Daisy, um, I think all my ats are at Kevin Daisy. That's D-A-I-S-E-Y. Or literally, you can just Google my name because it is unique. Um, and you know, all my stuff comes up on the homepage right there on Google. So Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, and then check out Journey to 100 Million podcast. Um, if you oh, want yeah. to hear we'll link that up to our podcast yeah awesome yeah I appreciate you having me uh, if you guys haven't been you gotta check out his shop and the products are awesome so 
I'm going to be walking away with one of these today. We'll take that as a plug. Thank you again. <laughs>